Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hi, everybody. Welcome into another edition of Sal Sports Live. Sal Capaccio here, Buffalo Bills sideline reporter, beat reporter, WGR Sports Radio 550. Uh, a lot of success last week as we launched the show. I really appreciate it. A lot of people over at Entercom, radio.com on the WGR side of things really helping me out, you know, getting things going this week. A little, some more different graphics and banners and things like that. So we're ready to talk Rams and Bills this week, a matchup of 2-0 and teams. It's the only game on Sunday, 2-0 and against 2-0. How does that feel, Bills fans? We haven't seen something like that and felt like that in quite a while here in Buffalo with the Buffalo Bills. Of course, Monday night, we're still going to have another 2-0 game in the AFC, and that is going to be the Chiefs and the Ravens. That's going to be tremendous. But on Sunday, lots of eyes on Western New York in Orchard Park. Unfortunately, not eyes of Bills fans who are traditionally used to going to the game because still no fans allowed at Bills Stadium. Maybe that will change once we get to week number six, which will be the next home game, the Thursday nighter against the Kansas City Chiefs. But in the meantime, not going to have any fans come into this game on Sunday. All right. So thank you very much for coming aboard. Really looking forward to talking Rams, Bills. We got a lot to get to today. And I have a very special guest that I'm going to welcome in right now. Lindsay Theory. She covers the Rams out in LA for ESPN. Lindsay, Sal, how are you? Thanks. Hey, Sal. Thanks for having me. I'm the great background here, uh, sitting in the parking lot at Rams practice, waiting to talk <laughs> with some players. It's kind of what we do in, in COVID times. Yeah, well, listen, I appreciate you doing this. Um, first of all, how is the weather there? Because we're going to have 80 degrees, a little bit windy, but 80 degrees here in I think it's going to feel like L.A. on Sunday here in Buffalo. Yeah, that's exactly what we have out here. Actually, it was probably like a little hotter today, like almost 90 um, so we can see a breeze coming through. Wow. So I think the Rams are going to be, they're very lucky to be coming to Buffalo in September, um, not later in the year. All right, Lindsay. So let's talk a little bit about the Rams because um, this is a matchup of two and O teams. Like I said, the only matchup of two and O teams on the Sunday schedule. I've been really impressed from what I've watched with them on film. Obviously last year, maybe a little bit of a step back from that Super Bowl year a couple of years ago, but it seems like Sean McVay really has this offense firing on all cylinders. You know, what's been the difference this year? And just tell me a little bit about how the offense has been playing and really kind of uh, moving the ball against the other yeah, teams. Yeah, you know so what? Far. This offense, I think, has surprised a lot of people, myself included, the way they've started this season. Um, I think it probably starts with the offensive line. Line. I mean, that was a group that really struggled throughout last year. They've improved. It's more cohesive so far this season, although they did just lose their left guard to the injured reserve. Um, but it, So it starts up front, but of course, 
the running back situation, I mean, there were so many questions about what this group would be able to do without Todd Gurley. And they have three backs who've stepped up, um, Malcolm Brown, Daryl Henderson, Cam Akers. Uh, I don't think Cam Akers is going to be playing on Sunday. It look, it's looking pretty doubtful. But Daryl Henderson had a terrific game last week. So I think there's been a much stronger presence in the backfield than anyone could have anticipated with Todd Gurley um, getting cut in March. Let's talk about Cam Akers a little bit because it seemed like it, uh, Sean McVay indicated earlier in the week he thought he was going to be ready to go, but maybe have a little setback. You tell me what happened today. I saw you report that Akers, maybe uh, McVay said it hasn't come along as much as he wanted. Yeah, you know, one thing I've learned covering Sean McVay the last few years is he's always a bit optimistic um, on some of these guys coming back from injuries. And typically when Sean says day-to-day, that sometimes means mm, probably more like a couple weeks out. Um, so I think Sean's surprised. I don't think many others who heard about the rib injury. It was like he separated his cartilage, and it sounded a little bit graphic. Um, I, don't, I don't think it's too shocking uh, if he won't play on Sunday, just the nature of his injury. All right, so what happens then at the running back situation? I know they like to kind of rotate guys in there. What does the running back room look like, and what does it look like on the field on Sunday if Akers can't go? Yeah, so Malcolm Brown also hurt his pinky. He fractured his pinky, so he's going to be playing with probably some sort of apparatus on his hand to protect that. Um, but I would expect that Malcolm and Daryl Henderson will both have big days. Um, Daryl Henderson had to close out the game in Philadelphia. He put together 121 all-purpose yards, a lot of those really late in the game. So I think the Rams are going to really lean into him in the backfield. And then Sean, uh, Jared Goff, he's played pretty well over the first two weeks when I watch him. They do a lot of window dressing, obviously. They have a lot of different formations. But it seems like he's very comfortable moving around in the pocket. A lot of rollouts, a lot of boots, things like that. Tell me about what you've seen from Goff so far. Yeah, Jared is so good at play action, and that's what they've been able to do yeah. so far this season. Um, I mean, his accuracy really, for as many things as people want to knock Jared about, his accuracy is just so good. Um, he can place any ball with, with such precision. And as long as he's in play action, he's a really, really effective quarterback um he got off to a fast start last week 13 straight completions before he uh, missed his 14th attempt so i think that if they can kind of replicate that kind of start for him and build just confidence early i think they're gonna be in pretty good shape on sunday and then you there was an injury on the offensive line the starting left guard is out tell me about how that affects everything you know i don't think it's going to affect it too much uh david edwards who's going to replace joe Noteboom. Um, at left guard, he started 10 games last season. He was a rookie last year, kind of somebody who was thrown into action really quick. So that experience undoubtedly is going to pay off with him kind of being thrown back into it on Sunday. Lindsay Theory joining me, ESPN LA Rams. She's out there in LA. They're getting ready, the Rams, to come to Buffalo to play the Bills in Orchard Park 2-0 against 2-0 on Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m., Pacific, tell me about that, you know, two weeks in a row, they have to go to the East Coast, they play in Philly last week, they fly all the way back across the country. Was this the original plan? Because I know sometimes when teams do this, they stay on the East Coast, but because of COVID, did they have to alter their plans? Yeah, you know what, Sal, they're a team that really, Sean McVay, since he's arrived here in 2017, he likes those extended road trips. It's mm -hmm. kind of a galvanizing time. And it is a little bit easier sometimes in the back and forth to the to the West Coast. Because of COVID, they just determined this year it wasn't worth it. Um, they looked into it, but at the end of the day, these guys have to be holed up in their hotel rooms all week and just living kind of a, a very a big variation of what their normal life would be. Um, right. So they thought at this point it would just be best to come to the West Coast. And, you know, I was I was one, a little surprised um, last year when they went out to Atlanta the day before the game. I mean, 1 o'clock really did feel like, hey, where's my second cup of coffee? Uh, so I know that going and playing on the East Coast at 10 a.m. body clock time is tough, but they seem to manage it just fine last week. And so I don't think there's any kind of worry around here that they're going to kind of be bogged down or tired when they get to Buffalo on Sunday. Well, one of the worries might be – 
defending the Buffalo Bills offense and Josh Allen, mm-hmm. the league leading passer right now. Obviously, Aaron Donald's on the other side. Um, you you got a chance to ask Aaron Donald. Yeah. You guys did about the comments uh, Brian Dable made about maybe he can miss the bus. Right? <laughs> I know. You know, Aaron has he's kind of like letting his personality out a little bit more this season, which has been terrific. And he was like, you know, they don't need to worry about me. Like they can, just, you know, I'm just another player out there. Um, so he was having some fun with it. And then I did ask him, I said, hey, have you ever missed a bus? Because I'm going to tell you, Aaron Donald doesn't seem like the kind of guy who's no. ever missed the bus. And he assured us he's never missed a bus. He's the first one on the bus. He's the first one on the field. So I think the Bills are going to have to come up with another plan because he's going to be there. Yeah, I think so, too. Well, they did have the NFC Defensive Player of the Week, while the Bills had the AFC Offensive Player of the Week. I think that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Uh, Micah Kaiser, but somebody but maybe people aren't very familiar with. Tell us about Micah Kaiser. Yeah, definitely not. So he was going to start last year, and then in the preseason, he was one of few starters, like two or three starters, who actually played in the preseason, and it ended up kind of hurting him a bit. He tore his pectoral muscle, was out for the year, and so this is kind of his comeback tour, and it's his first season starting in the NFL, and uh, last week, 16 tackles, a team high. He forced a fumble on the opening drive that the Rams converted into a touchdown. So that was a huge uh, first, I mean, first series takeaway mm-hmm. um, to jumpstart the Rams. And I think that he has just really come out trying to prove himself. Um, he struggled a little bit tackling in that first game. And this last week, um, he took his kind of aggression over that and, and put it on to the Eagles. And he really, really played some physical football inside linebacker. So I think he's going to be one to watch going forward for this uh, defense. One of the storylines in this game is the top two paid cornerbacks in NFL history will be on the same field together. Tredavious mm-hmm. White and Jalen Ramsey. Obviously, Ramsey gets his deal a little bit after Tredavious White. What does he do for that defense? What does Jalen Ramsey allow that defense to do? So much. I, it was just something else. I mean, he truly is a lockdown corner. I mean, quarterbacks do not want to go to him. And so it, that leads to, well, that led to me asking Troy Hill and Darius Williams of the slot corner and corner opposite of Jalen, like, what does that do for you guys? And they were just telling me, look, they know the ball's coming to them. I mean, quarterbacks do not want to go to Jalen. So that kind of makes them turn up their level of play a little bit. Um, but the Rams also have been trying to be a little bit savvy and moving Jalen around. They did that late against the Eagles um, just to try and get him a little bit more involved. But again, you have a shutdown corner. You have a lockdown corner. Not only does that do a lot for your secondary, it also does a lot for your pass rush and their ability to get home. No doubt about that. Is there any concern on the Rams? Like, what, How would the Bills attack them, I guess? Is there anything on defense that say, you know what, maybe this is an area that has shown a little bit of weakness? Is it run defense, pass defense, a specific position or depth or anything like that? You know, I don't know that their pass rush has been able to do as much as they would have hoped to. So I, I think that maybe that's something that the Bills right. might be able to take advantage of. Um, you know, I think their secondary is kind of a surprise strength. Mm-hmm. So I think staying away, I, I would test them with a the run. But then again, you also have Aaron Donald, so... No doubt about it. Poison, that. right? Yeah, no doubt. And then let's talk about special teams because this is a battle of two rookie kickers. And look, mm-hmm. it's going to be a little bit windy for the forecast right now in Orchard Park. And I've been on the field plenty of times where this wind really swirls. So tell me a little bit about Samuel Sloman and a rookie kicking maybe in maybe some conditions he hasn't yet. Yeah, the one thing they really like about Sam Sloman is his kind of mental toughness. I mean, he missed his very first field goal attempt in the NFL came back and hit a couple of field goals. Um, Rams end up winning that game by three. Last week, misses a PAT. Um, so there are some issues there, you know, and they're trying to give him some confidence. They're trying not to be a little too critical of him, knowing he's a rookie. He had no preseason. Um, but is he a guy who Sean necessarily trusts? I, I don't know. I think, you know, if, if, the, if it's a close game and Rams, 
might have some chances to go for it on fourth down. You might also see that just depending on how, where they really feel with their rookie kicker. Yeah, one of three kickers drafted last year and uh, this past year. Tyler Bass for the Bills, he's one of them. The other one out in New England, they didn't even keep their kicker. Um, but Tyler Bass had the same thing happen in Buffalo. He missed his first, and then he had one that everybody thought was good, but they called no good, which is weird. So he also missed his first two kicks, but since then, he's been pretty good. This could come down to the kickers. I mean, this is going to be a really, really good matchup. I, I, I'm i sure Sean McVay has been very complimentary of what the Bills have done, just like the Bills mm -hmm. have of what Sean McVay has done out there. Yeah, absolutely. He's been very complimentary of Sean McDermott. And also very complimentary of this defense. I mean, this is a group that Sean has emphasized multiple times yes. that they play sound, they play really hard, and they make you earn every yard. Um, so he hasn't been able to repeat that enough, I, I think. So this offense, um, although it is different, right, because the Bills won't have fans, it's not going to be as rowdy, but the offense still can't take for granted this is a really good defense they're going against. You know, before I let you go, Lindsay, I know you cover the Rams, but what's it like out in L.A. with two teams now? What's it like out there, you know, having two NFL teams? And, you know, is this going to work long term for both these franchises? And again, I want to ask you, too, about the stadium, because this is a palace it looks like you guys have a chance to play in. Yeah, let me start with the stadium. The stadium yeah. is amazing. I mean, they have they really just hit all the right notes on that stadium. Um, the video board is fantastic. And I, I know people like to point to AT&T and Jerry World and that board. Um, the Falcons board's terrific, but this one just right. fits in the building. And it's not so obtrusive that you're only watching the board, but it's just, it's a really nice compliment to what's going on down in the field. Um, can't speak highly enough of the stadium. It's terrific. Um, as far as two teams in LA, uh, you know, I think it's still a little bit of an uphill battle. Um, this year is very hard to gauge, right? The stadium was supposed to be this big moment for the Rams to kind of usher in their new era. Same with the Chargers. Um, you know, I think there's more buzz in the city about the Rams than there are about the Chargers, but the Chargers just did pick uh, a number six overall quarterback in Justin Herbert, and that might be able to drum up some excitement. But right now, especially just because of the coronavirus and no fans and with the Dodgers playing, the Lakers playing in the playoffs, um, it's it's a little bit hard to gauge exactly where the NFL's at in L.A. Yeah, is what is L.A.? Is L.A. a Dodgers town? Is, is L.A. a Lakers, what Lake, Lakers, Lakers and Dodgers. Sure. Of course, yeah. Lakers and Dodgers. Yeah. And they're both playing right now. They both have they're both having great seasons, obviously. Yeah. You know, maybe flying a little bit under the radar, even at two and oh, if that's possible, the LA Rams, it's, right? It's possible. You know, and they might be flying under the radar a little bit longer until these Lakers and the Dodgers are out of the playoffs or potentially win the World Series in the NBA finals. Hey, uh, Lindsay, thank you very much for doing this. Enjoy the weather in L.A., but, of course, we're going to have good weather here in Buffalo this weekend. Like I said, <laughs> this doesn't last as long as it does in L.A. <laughs> Enjoy it while you got it. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much Thanks. for doing this. Okay, thank you. Uh, that is Lindsay Theory. She is the L.A. Rams reporter for ESPN out in Los Angeles. All right. Thanks a lot for uh, – Coming aboard here, Sal Sports and Stuff is the podcast. And in case you miss any of this show live, you can always check out the audio. I'm going to upload it to my Sal Sports and Stuff podcast. Uh, you can find that radio.com, WGR550.com, wherever you pod. I want to let you know that you can find that there. And of course, we are streaming everywhere here on this show, whether it's on Twitter at Sal Sports, my Sal Sports Facebook page, make sure you're following right there. And I have a YouTube page that is not Sal Sports. I've not figured out how to actually change my YouTube page channel name. It's Coach Sal C because that's what I created a long time ago. So find YouTube Coach Sal C. Maybe someone will say, this is how you do it. So whatever. I, I don't care. As long as you find me, as long as you're watching, and as long as you're streaming it somewhere. Let's talk about the Buffalo Bills and the LA Rams, and then I want to get to tonight's game, which is the Dolphins and the Jaguars. All right, Bills-Rams right now, 2-0 against 2-0. I mentioned it with Lindsay. It's the only 2-0 game on the – schedule. And you know what? I should probably remove Lindsay's name there and put mine. See, I'm still working on these things and how to do it. There you go. Um, we have the only 2-0 game on Sunday here in Orchard Park, New York, and that is the 2-0 Rams 
against the 2-0 Bills. There is a 2-0 game on Monday night. That is the Chiefs against the Ravens. But this one, look, I have watched a lot of Rams the last 24 hours on film. And, and I'll tell you, I do think their offense is going to be very tough to defend. It is talented. There's no doubt. Like, their offense has talent. Jared Goff can throw the ball. He's he's a good quarterback. I think he's actually he's playing really well right now. And maybe last year there were some things that happened where he was he, he he didn't maybe perform up to the standard that a lot of people thought. Maybe he wasn't truly the guy going forward. He's played pretty well. Of course, they have Robert Woods and Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson is a very nice compliment piece to that wide receiving core. And then Tyler Higby, he caught three touchdowns last week at tight end. And of course, we know the Bills struggled with Mike Kosicki in defending him tight end last week against the Miami Dolphins. But really, when I watch the Rams offense, to be quite honest with you, it's more about how they go about it. It really is Sean McVay scheming. They do so many different things, and they have a way of just putting you in a bind, putting you in a matchup that you can't get out of or that you're struggling to maybe communicate with or something like that. And for example, what I mean is if you go back and watch Tyler Higby's three touchdowns last week, they all came from three different types of plays, basically, and three different formations. Um, it, one of Two of them were kind of the same formation, but a little bit different. Let me explain. The first one, he's, he's lined up as an H-back, and... He's behind the play as H-back. He goes to block a little bit, little tiny shift left, draws a linebacker in. It's near the goal line, and he just shoots out to the arrow, out to the front corner of the end zone. They throw him a touchdown. On the second one, he's also kind of an H-back, but now they're all shifted out in a trips formation. There's three receivers out to the left. It's him. It's Robert Woods. It's Cooper Cup. He's behind those two. They all kind of do some zigzagging. Nobody knows where to go, and they just get him open because he goes again to the flat. And Nickel Roby Coleman actually got there, but he was a little bit late. And he wasn't big enough. So he catches one there. And then the third one was a great scheme, a great design by Sean McVay. And what McVay did was he puts Tyler Higby as the actual inline tight end on the right side of the formation. He has an H back next to him, just off like a wing. There's no receiver on that side. Goff rolls that way. As Higby comes out to block, he just shoots all the way across the field. Goff stops. He throws it all the way across the field. He's wide open for a touchdown. He gets his three scores. So when I watch them, they do all of those sorts of things. They really love to run the trips bunch formation. That's three wide receivers to one side, all bunched up together. And they really don't do a lot of spreading out. They do it once in a while, but everybody's kind of more tight to the formation. That forces the defense to have to reduce down and be right next to each other. And then it causes confusion off the line. If too many defenders are right next to each other, they're running, they're picking each other, they have to communicate. And the Rams just do a tremendous job of that. They're a very buttoned up offense. I have a lot of respect for Sean McVay's brain, <laughs> how it works, how he translates it, his offense to his quarterback, to his players. I think that's going to be the challenge for the Buffalo Bills. But if you look at the Bills on defense, I do think they have the parts at least to try and match it. But more importantly, more specifically, I think they have the coaches to try and match it. Sean McDermott, and Leslie Frazier, they do a great job. And I've always said, you give them a week to prepare for anybody, they're going to come up with a good game plan. Now, in this one, they are dealing with some injuries. And for those of you who are asking, and I'll even throw it up in the uh, chat box now, someone says, here, let me uh, let me put this up there. There you go. Jason, he says, Sal, does it look like Edmonds and Milano are looking like they will play? Tomorrow will be the day to tell. But the good news is, Jason, Edmonds and Milano have both been limited in practice this week. Edmonds has been out there with a red non-contact jersey, which you could imagine because he does have a shoulder injury, so you don't want him to have contact on that. Milano's been basically practicing all week in a red, in a blue jersey, a regular jersey. So I think that's good to go. But there was a lot, there were a lot of names on the injury report the last couple of days. But now um, it just seems like everybody's kind of trending more in the right direction. The one name that was on the injury report today is not practicing that didn't yesterday is running back Zach Moss. And I don't know 
how that is going to, you know, impact the, the, the running game. If he can't go on Friday, he probably can't play then. If he can go, then, you know, I'm assuming he will play. So tomorrow's the big day for that. We don't know where Zach Moss stands. And if that's the case, then I guess you'd have to activate TJ Yeldon. And look, Zach Moss hasn't been terrific by any means, but I think you want a little bit more of a physical running running back to complement Devin Singletary if you can. So we'll see exactly, you know, how that shapes out with the Bills and their injuries. Uh, come, some guys came back. Ed Oliver did come back to practice for somebody who's asking in the chat box. Uh, Cole Beasley came back, back to practice. Jerry Hughes just uh, basically had a rest day, so he's back. Mario Addison was off today, but it looks like it was a rest day for him. Um, Taron Johnson was out yesterday. He was back today. So that's really good news on the injury front for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, you look at the Bills and what they didn't do last week against the Miami Dolphins, and a lot of you have pointed to, yes, the drop-off at linebacker. And I'll agree with you, there was a drop-off. But as I've said all week, if you take the top two linebackers off the field for any team in this league, you're going to have some problems. And that's what happened with the Bills last week. They didn't have their starting linebackers, Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds. So you take them off the field, there's going to be a drop-off. Any team in this league loses their top two linebackers, their starting linebackers. And look, the Bills play a lot of nickel, so we know that they're going to drop. They're going to you know, just be the only two on the field quite often. That's going to be a drop-off for any team in this league. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, Andrew says, Johnson makes me nervous. Groins are tough. That's true, but he did practice in full today, Andrew. So, you know, don't worry about that, but you're right. I mean, anytime you have something like that, a soft tissue injury, same thing with Matt Milano, you, you're always at risk of flaring it up, having something get aggravated again. But the one area of concern, I think a lot of you saw last week and have brought up this week to me on WGR or wherever else on the, on the morning show or afternoon show, Levi Wallace at the second corner spot. It was a tough day for Levi last week. There's no doubt about it. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, he knew how to get the ball to where Levi Wallace was. They didn't want to throw at Tredavious White. They threw at Levi Wallace, mostly to Mike Gusecki. That was a matchup that they exploited, and that's a matchup they wanted, and they got the, they got the Bills into. Now, I don't know if the Rams have – Higby is different to me than Gusecki. You know, Higby's more of an inline blocker that you can get out in space, and he can do some nice things. He's not really a wide receiver type like Gusecki is. So I don't think that's the matchup to necessarily worry about, especially if Matt Milano plays. But I do worry about the fact that they have three really solid wide receivers, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and now Van Jefferson, who's coming on. And I wonder how the Bills are going to play this because let's go back to what I said a little while ago. The Rams really like to play that trips bunch formation, right? And when you do that, it's very hard to play man-to-man. So I don't know if the Bills can do that. They may have to play a lot of zone this week, which is fine because that's what they do a lot anyway. But even if they were to play man-to-man, who do you pick? Do you put Tredavious White on Robert Woods? I guess. But I mean, Cooper Cup is really good too, even though he plays the slot a lot. And then on top of that, they like to move guys around. Sometimes they're outside. Sometimes they're on the slot. So really don't know and don't can't really um, can't really predict how the Rams are going to do that. Hey, Jay, I see you in the chat box. Thanks for coming aboard, buddy. Uh, Chris. Need to be better coming out at halftime. Let me, uh, here we go. Here you go. Need to be better coming out at halftime. This has been an ongoing issue back to last year. Need to start fast and stay fast. Thank you very much, Chris, for uh, coming aboard. And for the note there, I agree with you. The Bills have not been good in the third quarter. They especially were not good. They weren't good against the Jets. They gave up that touchdown to Jamison Crowder. We also had last week's game. They came out after halftime. They had the rain delay, uh, the lightning delay, I should say. Um, that's when the Dolphins really went after them. And luckily it was that goal line stand that kind of saved the Bills. It wasn't until the fourth quarter that Josh Allen really kind of took over. The offense took over. And then, you know, that's when the Bills were, you know came alive. So I do think the third quarter has been an issue. And you're right about that, Chris. It does go back to last year a little bit. It's not just this year. That's something that the team and Sean McDermott has to get buttoned up and has to think about, you know, going forward. So we'll see how this one 
turns out for the Bills on Sunday coming out of halftime and maybe maybe having a different plan, if you will. I don't really know how they want to do that. All right. Want to talk a little bit about this game on the special team side of things, because anytime you have a really good matchup between two teams, it could be a close game. Special teams could very well play a factor, as you know. And yes, you all know I'm a I'm a, I'm a uh, Andre Roberts stand, if you will. I, it's not that. It's Andre Roberts to me just took a lot of hate and a lot of why is he on the roster type of stuff from people during camp. And I've always tried to explain to people, it's not that I love Andre Roberts, it's that I think that he's really good at what he does, and the Bills need him on the field and need to use him because he's excellent at what he does and he's not taking up any space from someone who's going to make more of an impact. And sure enough, in week number one, he showed you why. And I think even to a lesser degree last week. But I think this is the week where maybe just a few extra yards, a big play here on special teams, something that could really you know, make a difference in this game. And that's why you have someone like Andre Roberts. But more importantly, two rookie kickers in this game, Tyler Bass and Sam Sloman. Two rookie kickers in a game that's pretty pressure-packed, I'd say, you know, 2-0 and against 2-0. and But in a swirling wind stadium, as of right now, the winds are supposed to be 10 to 20 miles an hour and maybe even gusting over that 25 miles an hour at Bill Stadium on Sunday. So I think that could be a very big factor in this game the two rookie kickers. So, you know, we'll see where that goes. All right. So I got a lot going on on Sunday. And of course you're going to be listening on the radio side of things. WGR, we can start our day off. You can listen to the uh, guys do the fantasy show in the morning, start at seven o'clock. And then you get Nate and Jeremy on at eight o'clock. They take you up to 10. I'll join them at nine. Then we have Bill's game day. Uh, you got Nate, you got Joe, you got me join, doing the round table with Steve Tasker and with Chris Brown. Murph, me, Tasker on the call on the game. So we got you covered on the WGR side of things. Make sure you're tuned in tomorrow morning also to WGR Sports Radio 550. I will join Howard and Jeremy at 7 a.m. Jeremy's actually off. It'll be Howard and John Simon tomorrow at 7 a.m. And then Sean McDermott at 9.30 live on WGR. Let's turn our attention to tonight's game. What do we think about the Dolphins and the Jags? This could be the day. This could be the night that it ultimately turns and the Dolphins afterwards turn to Tua. If the Dolphins don't look good tonight, if they lose this game, if they go to 0-3, I mean, what are you doing, Miami? Just put Tua in. You got 10 days to prepare for your next game, and I think fans and lots of other people want to see them get on with it. You know, either get busy living or get busy dying, right? As they say in Shawshank Redemption, that's what it seems to me. Now, I know that there's a little trepidation in the Miami Dolphins organization for wanting to put this kid in too early, but if the Dolphins don't look good tonight, if they lose tonight, I don't know what they're waiting for. You have 10 days to get ready for your next opponent. And unless something's wrong with Tua, if you don't think he's physically healthy, physically ready, which I would understand in that situation, I think you got to put him in. I think you got to play him. Now, if the Dolphins do win tonight, if Fitzpatrick still looks good, uh, like he did last week, and they do win, you get to one and two, I think you can wait a little while, see where this season goes. You don't want to ruin it quite yet. But if you get to 0-3, that might be it. And I am super interested and seeing Gardner Minshew in this game. I really am. Uh, he has done some really great things so far through two weeks here in the National Football League. So I'm interested to see what Gardner Minshew does because this is a team that we all thought was tanking, right? I thought they were tanking. I, I predicted they would have the number one pick, um, if, if not the number two or three, right? Because they're just going to win three, four games. You never know who else bottoms out. Right now, it looks like the Jets might be on track for the number one pick. That's a discussion for another day. You know, what do they do? But not the Jags right now. The Jags have played well. They have that big win uh, first week of the year, and then they go on the road, and, th and then they have Tennessee, uh, who they beat, Indy, the first week. And then they have Tennessee, and they almost beat them. They come back. Uh, they wound up uh, losing that game, but they're one and one, and we'll see what Gardner Minshew you know, has in store. So should be an interesting game tonight. What is the spread? The spread is 
Jacksonville minus three. I think it's Jacksonville, not Miami, right? All right, let me just check on this. Hold on. Looking on my uh, my app here. Spread tonight is Jacksonville minus three, and the over-under total is 49. Uh, what are we thinking about that? Anybody got some predictions on this? I am going to take, I think, I think I'm going to take Miami plus the three points. I, I like Fitz tonight, national TV, prime time. Uh, they haven't won a game yet. I like Fitz tonight plus the three. I think I'm going to go over 49, though. Both these defenses, I don't know. I mean, you know, the Jags gave up 30 last week, 33. The Dolphins, we saw their defense up and close, up close, and they're not very good. I think I would go with the over 49. Um, so that's going to be my pick tonight. I'm going to take the Dolphins. I'll say plus the three. I'm going to say over the 49 on this game on Thursday night football. All right, before I go, too, um, want to talk about this week's slate of games. And last week I gave you my survivor pick, and I'm still in it. I'm still in the survivor pool. Last week I gave you, I took the Bills first week in my survivor pool. I took Tampa last week. And this week, who am I taking this week? Hold on. I'll tell you. I knew who it was. I, I picked him the other day. Let me go through the schedule here. I'm looking right now. I believe I am taking the Colts. I am, That's right. The Colts are my survivor pick this week because they are playing at home against the New York Jets. And I just can't see it. I can't see the Colts, uh, the Jets beating the Colts. So they're going to be my survivor pick. Here's the problem, though. The problem is that if I'm in a, because I'm in a death pool, I have to take one team to actually lose. I've already taken the Jets to lose. So in one pool, the survivor pool, I can take the Colts because I haven't taken them yet. But in the death pool, I cannot take the team that they're playing against, the Jets, because I already took them playing against the Bills in week one. So I don't know who my death pool pick is going to be. It's going to be the Colts for my survivor pool. I don't know who it's going to be for the death pool. Uh, we'll check that out. What? Who else? Let me, anybody got some suggestions here? Who would you take in the death pool? Who have I taken? I've taken the Panthers and I've taken the Jets so far. Maybe I'll go with the Lions. They're at the Cardinals. Not really sure about that. I'm um, not touching the Bills Rams game. That's for sure. Maybe Washington at Cleveland. This is going to be a tough one. A tough one for the death pool pick this week. So, you know, we'll figure that out. Maybe, maybe the Broncos. I mean, man, I, I, I picked the Broncos to make the playoffs as a wild card, but they are home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So that should be a tough one. All right. As I always tell you, there's some different things going on that I want you to know about. One of them is a um, couple of them. Before I let you go, please pay attention here. All right. Coming up soon, the next couple of weeks, uh, next week, uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have a Bills guest, but I'll let you know about that. But pretty soon, I'm also going to do some Real Men Wear Pink stuff. All right. I'll be bringing some pink on, wearing some pink. I'm part of the Real Men Wear Pink campaign to fight breast cancer awareness. Check out um, all my stuff I got going on. I do cameos. Uh, you can pay me to do a cameo. I'm going to start having my proceeds for my cameos go towards breast cancer awareness and real men wear pink. So I'll make sure that I put something out so you all know about that. Make sure you're following me on South, at South Sports, on Facebook, on Twitter. And also, yes, yeah, somebody uh, somebody said, you want to know about Max? Max is doing great. And here's Max's YouTube channel. It's called Max's Playdate. I'm putting it in the chat box right now. Check it out. There you go. Go to Max's YouTube channel. Oh, I can't, you can't see it like that. You got to click the link, I guess. It's called Max's Playdate. You can go find it and you can go check it out. If you have a young son or a young daughter who likes, you know, Minecraft stuff or Lego stuff, Max asked me, dad, promote my channel. So there you go. But check it out. The uh, Real Men Wear Pink campaign. I'll be talking a lot about that over the next few weeks. I'll be wearing some pink. I'll be telling you all about how we can raise some money to help breast cancer, uh, fight breast cancer and, you know, the awareness and things like that. In the meantime, thanks for coming to South Sports Live. A half hour goes quick. Looking forward to next week's show, Bills Rams, Sunday, 1 p.m., Bills Stadium. Of course, you can check it out on the Buffalo Bills Radio Network. Have a great one, everybody. Enjoy the game tonight. Dolphins at Jags. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.